All right, verse 1, chapter 1. The former tense have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after the, through the Holy Ghost was given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by the many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he which ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and the Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. All right, I'm going to stop there for a minute, and let's just discuss some of this. The former tense have I made, O Theopolis. Uh, as we discussed a little bit, this is Luke writing. If you want to go in your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1... Uh, we know from that uh, that it was the same person that wrote both books. Uh, for, as, for as many have taken in hand and set forth, this is Luke 1, 1, uh, in order a declaration of those things which most surely believe, believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning was eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me, also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theopolis. So both books were written to this person, Theopolis. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, it's it's just a metaphor, or whatever. It's a thing just referring to Israel. Uh, I don't really think so. I think Theopolis was a real person. Most excellent set is given a hint that he was probably a prominent person. And he probably, if not hired, but asked Luke to research this, find out the truth. He was very interested in what Jesus did and what's going on here. Uh, some of the things that the writer from Luke and Acts tell us about himself in these first few verses of Luke. I know we're studying Acts, but you get a hint of the author and how important this was. He said, it seemed uh, good to me in verse 3, having had perfect understanding of all things. In other words, what he's saying is, I understood the Old Testament. I understood the Old Scriptures. I had a good understanding of that, and I've, I've understood that there is a Messiah coming, and all that, like, a lot like Paul, a lot like the disciples uh, all had. From the very first, to write them to thee in order, most excellent uh, Theopolis, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things which thou hast 
being instructed. So what he's basically saying there is that I have gone to great pains. I'm well versed. I understand the Old Testament scriptures. I've, I've got a good background. And now I am researching all about this Jesus. I'm researching all about this New Testament. I'm researching all about this ministry of the Holy Spirit and all the rest. And I don't take it lightly is basically what he's saying. Uh, many people will say that, that Luke probably spent, well, they know he spent years researching and interviewing firsthand accounts. They, they say he was probably knew Mary, if not a very close friend to Mary. So I'm sure he sat down with Mary and said, give me your account of the, of the night that Jesus was born. Uh, very close to Paul. Uh, so Paul knew a lot of the Old Testament. Remember, he said he's real well-versed in the law, a Pharisee of Pharisees. And then he's converted on the road to Damascus and, and, and converts over to Christianity. Uh, so Paul taught him a lot. He was uh, very good friends with Peter and, and all the rest of them, probably interviewed all the disciples. And that's where he came up with Luke and, and, uh, and a lot of Acts. And we see a lot of Acts, especially in verse chapter 16 is what I was saying, where he starts talking about we. It's no longer what I'm hearing I'm writing down. It's what I am at firsthand account of what I'm experiencing is what you start seeing in chapter 16. So I wanted to give you this, just the authenticity of the author. He was writing uh, to Theopolis. Uh, like I said, was probably a, a, a high-ranking individual. And um, that's probably about all we know. We don't know that much about it. He's only mentioned twice that I know of, and that's in Luke and Acts. But he was somebody that wanted to know the scriptures, and, and Luke uh, studied this and brought it out uh, and made it clear for him. So he's writing to Theopolis in both books, and um, he said, until the, day we'd be take, until the day in which, this is verse 2, back at chapter 1 of Acts, until the day in which he was taken up after the, through the Holy Ghost was given commandments unto them unto the apostles whom he had chosen so uh, I guess what I what I want to bring out too in this is he Jesus had said remember in, in John chapter 14 you know, that the comforter will come he'll teach you all things he'll reveal all things it's expedient for you that I must go because see, at, at that point, the Holy Spirit was working solely with Christ. And with Christ here, the Holy Spirit was working with him. He couldn't come until Christ was gone. It was Christ's ministry. And when Christ ascended, then the Holy Spirit would come. And that's what we're going to see in chapter 2. But Jesus says, hold on to that. Stay in Jerusalem until that day comes. Uh, and And basically in this introduction, Luke is just telling us, of his instruction that, that after the Holy Ghost he had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, uh, talking about those twelve whom he chose, to whom also he showed himself after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of them of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. What he's talking about is the apostles had seen all of his works everything he's done 
He died, he rose again, and the 40 days is the 40 days after his resurrection. Okay? Christ, after he rose from the grave, he ministered. I don't know if many of you know, he was on the earth for 40 days uh, ministering even after his resurrection. And that's what he's talking about here, the things that they had witnessed. Now I want to just stop for a minute on, on our study and, and look at the, the 12 apostles. He's talking about these apostles. Now, have you ever thought about what happened? I mean, here you go in the, in the Gospels, you see all the 12 apostles. Uh, Luke ends the end of, the, of his book uh, with basically 12 men that are scared to death. They're hiding in a room. Jesus has to come find them. Uh, and and they, they just don't know what's going on. Uh, several verses refer to that. Remember when Jesus would say to them, Hey, uh, don't you understand? Don't you don't you get what I'm telling you? And he'd tell them something and they'd say even, you know, they, they still didn't get it. But then we start the book of Acts and look at them go. What do you think take place? What do you think happens? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit? Yeah. I think there's about three things that took place. One of the main things is the Holy Spirit, because we know that, that Christ's ministry didn't even start until he was baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit ascended on him. Right? And so the Holy Spirit is very instrumental or is a must. And that's a good lesson for us. Anytime we're going to minister or do anything, if the Holy Spirit's not leading you, if you're not being led by the Holy Spirit, you might as well just hush. Might as well not do it. I mean, Christ understood that. You know, he couldn't do anything until the Holy Spirit was there to... So the ministry of the Holy Spirit is, is great, and we focus on that a lot. We, a lot of people read through Acts, and they get all excited. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and I got my bottle of olive oil, and I'm ready to go. You know, they're, they're ready to go through the book of Acts. Well, that's really not what the book of Acts is about. The, the Holy Spirit is very instrumental in what happens. Uh, but for these uh, 12 to be scared to death... And then we'll see in the last part of this chapter, if we get there, where Peter just stands up boldly. This is the one that denied Christ, remember? That was hiding out in a room, remember? That, that said, no, Jesus, you're not going to die. I won't let it happen. And then he stands up and boldly proclaims the gospel to the rest of these Jews. What happened to these guys? One, the Holy Spirit. What do you think another one would be? Throw something out there. What transpired from from there to here? I think actually seeing him after he was crucified. Right. I mean, if you watched a guy get crucified and die on a cross, and then three days later he shows up in your room and talks to you and says, here's the scars. What do you think about that, guys? You'd probably have a game changer, wouldn't you? You probably want to follow that person. It, it, he's, they, he's for real. As they say, you haven't come to Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, they, they up to this point probably questioned some things. They, eh, what's going on? You know, and Jesus said a lot of things. And, and Jesus even made the confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
But even in our minds, we, we believe that, we know that, but we go through times of difficulty and all the rest, and we even question, does God really care? Is he really there? We do the same thing, don't we? So we can't really point at the disciples and say, yeah, you should have believed it. Because we do a lot of the same thing. But So the Holy Spirit, an eyewitness account of his resurrection, that's a big game changer. Okay? Remember, all these disciples were, were what? Jews? And they were pretty well versed in the Old Testament. So in essence, it's their salvation. Exactly. The whole Old Testament, the other other thing is the whole Old Testament, the law, everything they've been taught from a child finally made sense. It became real to them. They accepted it. They accepted it, exactly. They they went an eyewitness of it. They accepted what they had been taught and heard and believed it with all their heart. And then the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were unstoppable. So I think three major things happened to the disciples, the major change that you see in them here. So anyway, the the writer or Luke is telling us, he's just giving us some background history of what's going on. And uh, he's telling them that John the Baptist baptized with water. We're going to talk about baptisms in this study of Acts. Like I said, tonight is pretty much an introduction. What are the different baptisms? How many are there? Anybody got an idea? It's three, isn't it? At least three. Holy Spirit, fire, and a water. Well, the baptism of John the Baptist, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the baptism of water. These are three ones I'm going to focus on. Uh, And what they all mean. What were they all about? You know, John's of repentance. And and then the baptism of, of, of water is... It's just our confession, public profession of our faith, and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What that just basically means is that I am immersed in it. Uh, You're immersed into uh, this salvation that you are born again. You are immersed immersed into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit immersed in you, you know, consumes you kind of thing. So uh, we'll talk about that more in depth of the different baptism. We'll talk about several different things as we go through this but um, that was verse 5 he's talking about the baptism he said the baptism with water of John the Baptist baptism of repentance and it's basically of, of uh, it was a call of repentance to, to for ask forgiveness of sin and may ready get ready for the Messiah and we'll talk we may talk about that some of, of the traditions of the Jews with that um, but he's saying that you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from this. And this is what Jesus was telling him right as he was ascending. Uh, so uh, when they were there, uh, when they therefore were come together and asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? <clears throat> that is a key there to, to what I said about the disciples. And that they didn't really fully understand. Even then, this was after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, right before he ascended. Okay, are you going to set up your kingdom now? And Jesus is like, no, it's still not now. 
You still don't really get it. They knew the Messiah was coming. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a kingdom. And they still thought that Jesus, after all this, surely he come back from the grave, he could set up a kingdom. So there's a hint to us of the, the disciples still not fully getting it at this point at Jesus' ascension that they thought he was going to set it. Remember, that's what Israel thought about Jesus pretty much, that he was coming to set up his kingdom here on earth. They were looking for something. Huh? Makes you feel good, though. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, here they walked with him and everything. They still didn't know everything, you know. Right, yeah. Still blinded by some of the things they didn't understand. They knew the Old Testament, but they really didn't get to what the New Testament was going to be about. Uh, but then they started to get on to get on board with it. All right. Uh, Jesus tells them on the verse 7 that, you know, it's not for us to know the times or the seasons. Okay. So, verse 8. If you want the key verse for Acts, highlight it, underline it, whatever. Verse 8 is what the book of Acts is all about. It's not about being anointed with oil. It's not about healing the sick. It's not about uh, all these wonderful things that happen that people want to pick out of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is just about this. Jesus is telling him, he says, but you will receive power. Okay? That power is the power to do the work of the Father. What's the work of the Father? To bring salvation to the world. We today have that same power. And uh, so they're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon them. And you shall be witnesses. There it is. And you will be a witness. It's not, do you want to be a witness anymore? You're going to be. If you've accepted me as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells you. You can't help but be a witness. If that is your, if you are a new creation in Christ, a lot of people are like, oh, I just don't know. You will be a witness. Now, you might not be out knocking door to door, but your daily life and walk as the Holy Spirit leads you and convicts you of things will show a Christ-likeness. And you will be a witness in this world for him. So you will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem. Remember he said go to Jerusalem and stay there. Okay, that's where it's going. Stay there till the Holy Spirit comes. Uh, both in Jerusalem and in Judea. Judea's, uh, Jerusalem's the city. Uh, I guess Judea could be like the, the region around it. Uh, Samaria could be like the country around that. And in the uttermost parts of the earth, that's everywhere else. So it's going to start in Jerusalem, or that'd be like saying you're going to start in Rocky Mount, spread to Meriwether County, spread to the state of Georgia, spread to the United States, and spread throughout the world. That's what basically he said there, if you want to talk about the the region of it. So verse 8 is the, the theme, or the to me is the theme of the book of Acts. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon it, and you're going to be a witness. You're going to tell others about the, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And that's what the rest of the book of Acts is about, is how uh, these men spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and how they are given this great power. And a lot of people think, well, we want this power so we can do this, and all these healing guys and all this. I, I don't believe in any of that. I believe God can heal. I believe he can heal today. I'm not saying he can't, but to have these big crusades of these healers going around and trying to mimic what Paul and, uh, and all them and the disciples did, I don't think is biblical at all. Uh, I will get into one of the chapters in Acts where I sort of base my belief of that. I believe you can do those same things in the name of Jesus and not have a clue who Jesus is. And we'll look at that as we study this book. So... Anyway, uh, you're going to receive power at, uh, and go out into all the world and spread the gospel. Um, time. 8.19. We've got a few more minutes. We'll try to get through here. Uh, verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, was taken up in the cloud and received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Uh, so Jesus has given this instruction. That basically the last thing that Luke says to him is that stay in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit's going to come. You're going to receive power. And you're going to go on to do greater things than I. Remember he told the disciples that in the Gospels? You will do greater works than I have because of the Holy Spirit will be now omnipresent. He's not just going to fill one man. He's going to fill many men. And uh, so he's saying, stay there in Jerusalem. And then as he spoke, he ascended back up into heaven. Uh, then the angels or whatever, you know, you want to believe they were. I think they were angels or messengers of God. <coughs> Basically says, hey, don't be standing here gazing, get busy. You got work to do. Go back to Jerusalem and wait and do what he told you to do. Uh, don't worry about where he's gone to, you know, because, you know, and it's something how we would just do the same thing. You know, we have a great person come into our life and have a lot of good times and all the rest of it, and then all of a sudden they're gone, and what do we want to do? I sure do miss them. We sit around with our lip pooched out because they're no longer with us. Human nature, yeah. Yeah, it's human nature. It's not anything to be, I'm not like being critical. When a pastor, when a pastor leaves a church, yeah, the church just... The church oh. just, they lose their steam. Right. Generally, they, you know, they don't keep going forward. They just stop what they're doing and think they can't do it anymore because the pastor's not. But the same power that led the pastor leads the people. Right. Okay? I mean, he's not just speaking to me. He speaks to all of us. This is our church, not my church. And it's led by the Holy Spirit. So anyway, let me stay on track a little bit. I'll, I get off on something. Um... Don't be around here pouting and gazing and wondering where he went. He's coming back. And there's a promise of, the, of, the, of Christ returning too. Uh, 